Have you ever seen people who appear to have it all together, especially in church, and wondered about the real story beneath the facade? Or how about this? What's your story? And what would happen if people knew the real you, the glorious, the wonderful, the messy, the shameful? Listen in as we tackle hard questions of faith and following Jesus. Welcome to She Seems So Normal, Stories Not Shared on Sundays with your host, that's me, Lee McKenzie. Episode 47, Underdogs. Helping your story will give me courage to finish my own. An author speaker friend wrote this to me after I told her about this book's premise. Originally, I meant to share it as a warning of the hard stories and ideas she'd encounter since she seemed so normal. But her response surprised me. Who knew this beautiful pulled together lady had dark topics like depression and surviving bad parenting waiting in the wings like me? You would never know it looking at her. So I texted her back. Brene Brown says courage is contagious. So you can borrow some of mine if I can borrow yours when I need it. And I replied, XO, XO. Feeling the Lord pressing my heart to share was the main reason for publishing my story. However, an equally compelling component was watching Simone Biles and the Olympic gymnasts offer their abuse testimony before Congress. Crying on my couch holding rescue dog Scout and Louie, I held my breath as each athlete took her turn answering intimate, uncomfortable questions at the hearing. And at times I whispered, yes, sister, be brave, be courageous. It has to stop. Witnessing others bravely standing up to speak inspired me too. Watching the Weinstein, Epstein, Lauer, Cosby, and Hefner stories along with uh, the whole R. Kelly thing that's happening in Chicago currently as I am reading this, and all the rest of their grotesque predator group emerging as front page news, I marveled yet again at the ones who stopped the collective collateral damage and stood up to these modern day Midianites. God loves the underdog. Oh, how God loves the underdogs. He constantly chooses and uses the least of these kind of people, like Rahab the Jericho prostitute to help Joshua's spies, unschooled fishermen, money-grubbing tax collectors, political zealots, crazy dudes eating locusts and wearing camel hair cloaks, preaching in rivers, and doubting disciples to spread the gospel to the furthest reaches of the known world. Only when these unlikelies owned and aligned with God's narrative did they overcome and shatter their fears. Vulnerability is powerful. As we wholly align with God's purposeful calling, yielding and listening for His voice to be the one we hear, defeat is not an option, no matter how much of an underdog we are. I love how God helps develop our courage with every persevering step through the valley. And as we intimately reveal the true state of our souls to Him by exposing our deepest fears, He proves Himself reliable and trustworthy, an incomparable ally. Gideon's victory over the Midianites in Judges 6-8 through is an Old Testament example. God first called this mighty warrior while he was threshing wheat in a winepress and grumbling about history and prophecies. Claiming he was from the weakest Israelite clan and the least of his family, Gideon obediently provided a traditional guest meal offering to the angel of the Lord and was shocked when fire from heaven consumed dinner right in front of him. When the Lord instructed Gideon to tear down two major altars of false worship in his hometown, repurpose the wood for a proper altar, and burn a sacrifice to Yahweh on it, Gideon was afraid of what his family and the townspeople might do in response. 
With crickets chirping and chickens rustling on roosts, the mighty warrior completed God's instructions by the light of the moon, repurposing the despised Asherah pole, demolishing the detestable altar of Baal, and sacrificing a bull as a burnt offering. He declared the newly built altar, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Awakening the following morning to smells of fresh-cut wood and roast beef wafting through the streets, the townspeople discovered Gideon's deed. They demanded he die until Gideon's father spoke wisdom, turning them away from their murderous task. While Israel's deadliest enemies camped and gathered forces at Jezreel by the Jordan River, the Spirit of God prompted Gideon to do something brave. Sounding the trumpet, Gideon heralded a call to arms, and 32,000 men assembled. Gideon, still seemingly half-hearted about initiating battle and concerned about following God's plan, took two nights to request those famous sheepskin fleece confirmations. Does it seem like courage came in increments the more Gideon obeyed? Yeah. After God winnowed his forces from tens of thousands to 300 fearless dog-lapping soldiers with borrowed provisions and trumpets, Gideon must have been filled with doubt again. So God told him to go into the enemy territory to eavesdrop on the retelling of a soldier's barley bread nightmare. With this final confirmation firmly fixed in his frontal cortex, Gideon gained courage and vision. With just 300 men, God, through Gideon, destroyed 120,000 Midianites to win the day. Allowing ourselves permission to be vulnerable, unprotected, and exposed when the Holy Spirit calls is scary. But this is seemingly when God performs His finest work through us. We're not called to do anything in our own power. When we trust in the indwelling resources we have in Christ, His grace is sufficient and His power is made perfect in our weakness. When we are weak, we are strong. When we stop succumbing to pride and depending on our own personal power to serve the kingdom, we will be blessed to inherit the earth. Just ask the ladies of the Gospels.